it's such an important thing for everybody to figure out how they can develop the resources for them to be able to stand in the face of some uncomfortable sensations or uncomfortable thoughts. Welcome everybody to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preble Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Under Stress, We Regress. And I have a conversation with a recurring guest, my very good friend and colleague, Corey Costanzo. He's been on many of my podcasts before, maybe about a half dozen right now. And I love having conversations with Corey. We thought this was an important one because a lot of people are under tremendous amount of stress right now and regression shows up and it affects our lives and our relationships. So those of you that don't know what regression is, it's a defense mechanism for coping with stress where a person reverts to an earlier or more childlike patterns of behavior to cope. And since regression is a common phenomenon that occurs most under stress, we all do it constantly, yet most of it is unconscious. So we talk about how it shows up in people's lives and their relationships, things that they can do to manage it and recognize it. And we share stories from our own lives with it and in our practices. So those of you that don't know Corey, let me tell you a little bit more about him. He is a licensed addiction counselor. He's also a licensed massage and bodywork therapist specializing in Esla massage. He is also a somatic experiencing practitioner, and he is the co-owner with his wife, Robin, of Still Point Wellness, Asheville's premier wellness spa. And before we get on to that conversation, I got a few exciting announcements to make. Da-da-da-da. One of them is I am going to be switching over to a new website name. That's right coming really soon and it is prepo.com that's right baby i got prepo.com and this is thanks to my stepsister laura morton who was on last week's show she said to me after i when i was on joan london's facebook live and we were talking about relationships in the pandemic laura said to me hey why don't you have prepo dot com because heart share counseling isn't just all of what you do with your podcasts and with your speaking engagements you need to be branded prepo and i said well i think it's taken she looked it up and she said well it's actually for sale do you want it and i said yeah and right on the spot she gifted it to me so it's been in the working my son and my daughter in love have been working on my website and it should be out very very shortly prepo.com heartcharecounseling.com if you put it in there 
it's going to just transfer over to prepo.com, so don't worry about that, but I'm excited about that. Also, as I announced, I'll be putting out guided visualizations and meditations on subjects like letting go of worry, lifting off of negative thoughts, deep sleep, guided meditations on letting go of past relationships, heart share warm-up appreciations for couples, guided visualization on being the partner you want to be, and one on being the parent you want to be, just to name a few. And they'll be coming out on increments on my website, prepo.com, starting late September and October. And don't forget, if you are listening on Apple Podcast, we'd love if you would write a review. Thank you all. All right, so here we go. Under Stress, We Regress. My conversation with Corey Costanzo. Let's talk about it. All right, baby, here we go again. I'm excited because this is our second podcast in like a month, and I love just rapping to you and talking with you. It's really inspiring. So welcome back. Thanks for having me again, Prepo. Mm -hmm. Love, love being here. Love hanging out with you and talking to you and knocking around some ideas and talking about our experience and what we're going through in our lives as people, as humans, as fathers and friends and husbands. So happy to be here. Sweet. So we talked about maybe hitting stress again. You know, I think that you're an expert of stress and put it in regards to like when we stress, we regress. We see that a lot in our practices and and want people to get an understanding of like what regression is and how that could be t- triggered because that really shows up in relationships in, a, in an adverse way. So you want to just tell a little bit of your experience of what you see as regression? I see, I see regression as a developmental time in someone's life that, that they were stunted. And it could be just a part, just a slice of who they are as a person. Uh, perhaps something happened in their lives when they were a kid or a teen or even an infant. Could have been even pre-verbal or young adult or even adulthood. Sometime in someone's development that some trauma might have happened or something didn't go smoothly. And you know, as a result, when that person is an adult, then they wind up kind of like having a hole in that aspect of who they are. So they regress back to that time when just something something didn't hit that milestone, that developmental hurdle just wasn't wasn't met. And it and it almost leaves like I think of it as like a time warp where like an adult can just totally regress back to, you know, seven years old or eight years old with a certain aspect of their life. And they can and they can find themselves um, or their nervous systems responding in a way that they used to respond when they were that age. Can you give examples? I know, like when I see it, we call it like when people have a tantrum. You know, when adults have a tantrum, slamming doors, you know, just even you know, yelling out of nowhere and so forth. But an adult tantrum is really going back to a, a childhood tantrum. Absolutely, I have been 
binge watching this thread on Reddit um, that someone told me about called Public Freakout. Oh my goodness, I will spend hours just like losing time and space in these uh, home videos that um, about people just having these tantrums in public and people catch them on catch them on video and they're intoxicating for me. I, I can't I can't stop when I start watching them. I'm actually getting in trouble at home a little bit with my <laughs> with Robin you're and like the regr- kids. You're regressing going back to watching videos as a kid just totally because some of them are just bananas i mean some of them are are are, are just really off the wall so if you download the the app reddit the thread is called public freakout you'll get people from all over the world that that post and i gotta say it's not for the faint of heart because some of these videos are just not easy to watch some of them are funny but you know most of them are really really sad and you know sadly right now with what's happening with the pandemic and with so much collective stress out there you know, a lot of people are regressing and, and, and a lot of it's getting caught on video and a lot of it is, is mental illness. And yeah, it's, it's caused by the stress, right? It's the stress that's triggering the regress behavior. They're not accessing their frontal neocortex and acting like uh, adults, you know, yeah, acting out of fear and protection, which most kids do when they're regressing. Yeah, that's right. That leads to uh, negative coping behaviors that that leads to being dysregulated. So their nervous system is overactivated and dysregulated as opposed to a nervous system that's, you know, cool, calm and collected. That's that's regulated. That is the opposite of dysregulated. And we were talking about earlier, which I think is just interesting, you being a, an addiction specialist, that even some substance use and addiction is a form of regression. Because I know as we were talking that sometimes when people are using substances and if they used it early on in their life, maybe they had a certain experience of letting some inhibitions down. Maybe when they first started drinking, they were able to get out on a dance floor or get open to talk to somebody that they were attracted to. And I think people actually end up regressing as adults to keep that pattern of that substance to get that experience. And as we were talking about, yeah, that might be fine as an 18 year old to open up and be a little bit sloppy and inhibited. But as a perhaps 40 year old adult, it looks stupid, looks stupid as shit the way that they're acting right now. Absolutely. And the stakes are so much higher the the you know, the older you get, you know, trouble with the law, trouble, trouble at work, uh, trouble in your relationships. And um, yeah, yeah, we're no longer teenagers that can kind of get away with, you know, having some mishaps from overuse or misuse or abusing substances. You know, the older you get, you know, the more, the more is at risk. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these regression behavior is unconscious and subconscious. And I think that's really important for people to know if we're able to bring it to our consciousness, that's where we can change. But I had a client that I was telling you about earlier um, many years ago that uh, she wanted to work out with her husband to be able to stay home from work and take care of the kids. That's what she really wanted. She couldn't negotiate that. She didn't know how to talk about it. She didn't know how to stand up for her needs. And what she ended up doing unconsciously was to create an environment of her 
sense of self and her body to go into depression and she ended up having to go on disability from work and of course what did that mean she got to stay at home and so that was a regressive behavior that was very dysfunctional she of course didn't get what she really wanted from a healthy standpoint um, she was now a stay-at-home mom with with depression and she sabotaged herself so I think a lot of regression also shows up with sabotage and you know that's why i'll make another plug for meditation and mindfulness practice in in somebody's life because when i'm every single day practicing even for just 20 minutes i can catch some of some of those deep places inside of me that is wanting something different out of out of my life and I can notice those thoughts as they as they come up, and then I can have some more choice to do something about it. So I feel like my meditation practice really sets me up for that anti self sabotage, because you know I'll, I'll totally notice myself self self sabotaging, and you know for me it might show up with um, like procrastination, or it might show up with like you know letting fear get in the way of me like trying new things and, you know, jumping full steam into projects. And, um, like, like I just bought this a few weeks ago, I bought a pressure washer and I, and I bought a, um, uh, uh what do you call that? A chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just happened to buy a fucking chainsaw something that like could take your knee off and yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's something that you want to make sure that you learn. Well, speak, speaking from a boy from Detroit, that's living in the country now for 20, 20 years. You really want to learn how to use a chainsaw. Well, no, I do. I've already, I've already done the research to make sure that I don't do the whole kickback thing. Hey man, and I don't chop I, my leg off. Did you know that that, that happened to me? It kicked kick back. I had a kickback about 10 years ago and, um, I was sawing this, this little tree and it kicked back and I was like, Whoa. And I, I looked down, I had long pants. On. I looked down at my shoe and I saw a trickle of blood start coming Ooh. down. And I looked, Corey, Matt, I nicked my kneecap. I mean, nicked where I ended up, um, having to get stitches, but it could have shredded my whole kneecap. Could have totally shredded it. I still have a scar from it. So I wasn't wearing chaps. So I would tell you, brother, Matt, get the chaps. Get the whole, whole freaking outfit, man. That you want to take care of yourself. All right. Well, you know, I'm a club kid. And, you know, back in back in Manhattan, when someone was wearing chaps in the clubs, you know, you don't want to be looking that way. No, man. You can wear that. Those orange ones are in style, baby. You want to get those. I tell you, like, I'm much better. And some of my chaps, they have, you know, some of that white fiber coming out because I nicked them a little bit. You, Take care of yourself, brother. Take care of yourself. You know, I actually do have my my leather pants from my club days, and I could finally fit into them, uh, you know, after like years of not being able to fit into them. So maybe I'll just wear those while I'm doing the chainsaw. I'm, I'm going to buy you a fucking pair of chaps. I want you around <laughs> a little bit. So I, 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 I'll, I'll dish out the 100 bucks for your chaps. All right. So, all right. So you hit. So go ahead. Right. So the chainsaw and the pressure washer are just sitting there for like a month and a half, and I have been procrastinating getting them out, learning how to use them because the pressure washer is, a, is an electric pressure washer now. So it's kind of new. I've had a gas one that kicked the bucket. So this one's electric and the chainsaw. And I've got my, my whole, I have like an acre that's like getting eaten alive by kudzu. And I need to get rid of, rid of some major kudzu. And, um, 
you know, the chainsaw, it, it's so big and thick, the chainsaw is how I'm going to do it. So my point is that, man, I've been, I've been procrastinating, learning something new. That's one of those behaviors, self-sabotage behaviors. So I recognize it. My meditation practice in the morning, every morning, I'm realizing what's, what's beneath those self-sabotaging behaviors. Do you think some form of dysfunctional eating um, is a regressive behavior when people go into emotional eating or you know the the eating disorders is that part of some aspect of regression i think it very well could be i feel like i feel like eating disorders are so complex and and so um different for every single person it's not just a cookie cutter kind of, you know, A plus B equals C kind of thing. What I've worked with someone with eating disorders is it's a coping mechanism. Like they're there for one reason or another. They want to feel a certain way and they control that by controlling their intake of food and what foods they eat and what they don't eat. And, you know, they control how they feel. And and it could be, you know, it could be a way of masking what's underneath the surface. You know, so once again, mindfulness and meditation are just such incredible, really easy, like, I mean, 10, 20 minutes a day, really easy practices that can help somebody to get to the root of what's really going on beneath the surface. So what do you say to people that are more in the mode of, let's say, avoiding? You know, I, I see that show up a lot in the couple's work that I do around regression. You know, some one partner wants their partner to read their mind, to take care of them, but they're not speaking up. To me, that's part of regression of what we wanted mom and dad to do, to take care of us, to take care of our needs. So I see couples do that. Sometimes they regress without saying what they need and or saying what they want. And like I told you earlier, I started changing my offering to that partner to say, ask for what you want. Because I think also what that does, it per- puts that person on their on their knee to ask for what they want, and it gives power to the other person in some sense, just like when we did asking for what we want from a parent that they had the power to give it to us or not. So now instead of I say, ask for what you want, I say, can you describe the desire that, that you want? And can you tell your partner if you experience that desire, what would you feel? which is very different than what we did when we were children. So I see that kind of showing up in that form of somebody who wants another person to take care of them in some way, but they're not speaking up to that. They're expecting the other person to do it. I love that. That's that's such a deep and profound way of getting needs met. And yeah, I think you're right. Just if I just ask ask for what I want, I put it out there, you know, it might be met with a yes or a no. If I go a little bit deeper than that is, and this is what I hear you saying, Prepo, is that, is that, you know, I say how I want to feel, I want to feel loved by you. So, um, I feel like that's a very non-judgmental kind of way to just put out there how I want to feel. And it gives the partner the choice of, um, you know, like if it were me, you know, I'd be like, wow, Robin, you know, you want to feel loved by me. I want you to feel loved by me because I love you. So I'm going to do whatever it takes for you to feel loved by me. You know, 
tell me what it is that you want me to do so that you could feel loved by me. You know, I feel like what you just, what you just spoke to is a deeper way of relating. And I think a regressive, a regression response would be, you want to be loved by me? I want to be loved by you. To me, that's like, if you would have said that instead, that's the regression response. But you brought up the adult response, a partnered response of how can we join? So I just put it out to everybody. When that thing goes back and forth, you want this? Well, I want this. Well, that's an that's a little mini episode of regression. Right. Yeah, that's like the child that doesn't know how to get their needs met, that needs to get their needs met from the parent. And as adults, if we didn't get our needs, if any of us out there didn't get our needs met, we might be having having some some troubles or some issues getting them met as adults. So I would say the best way to get our needs met as adults is to meet them for myself. And that's, for me, that's where meditation comes in. That's where just literally just sitting with my breath and just letting thoughts just go really, really comes into play. And I, I've probably beat this one to death, but Headspace Meditation app is the most elegant way that um, that that I know of how to practice meditation. It just makes it so simple and so easy. And so people know uh, Headspace is not a sponsor of this of this podcast. So Corey is plugging it just for his own experience. Yeah, you've been plugging that for years. Absolutely. I've been doing it for four plus years and I love it every single morning like clockwork. It is just so simple. And and I'm amazed morning after morning how how this guy does it and 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 how clear he is and how how laser beam precise he is so if anyone out there wants to develop a meditation practice that's that's the way i've done it after many 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 years of trying to develop a long-term meditation practice and not really hitting the nail on the head finally i found this app four years ago and now i've got it and yeah i love it and you know what's really cool too is that uh, he keeps getting funding after funding after funding i think i think he just got 40 million dollars of funding and they're actually creating a whole media company with pushing out incredible content that is just blown it blow my mind away i wouldn't be surprised if if he takes that company public at some point meditation so with with the part of meditation you're saying that your experience i know like if i'm meditating more then i recognize my behavior more like if i when i'm not meditating so much my little like regressive maybe maybe some defensiveness that could be a mini tantrum i'm not so aware of it when i'm meditating i catch that i catch that really fast and i take ownership from it so um that mindfulness can really help the awareness of a regression, and also, of course, st- like we talked about stress, when we stress, we regress. So that's one part of recognizing my stress level and where I'm at. So meditation can really help in many senses to, to resource ourselves so that we're really taking care of the overwhelm that we're feeling in our life, and especially right now. Not only that, but the latest in neuroscience tells us that when we're stressed out, like you mentioned er- earlier, the prefrontal cortex goes offline and blood starts to flow to the primitive parts of the brain. So not only do we regress 
from an emotional and psychological standpoint to when we were children, not getting our needs met. But we regress also to primitive life forms. Like I'm talking evolutionarily speaking to the part of our brain that reptiles have. So, yeah, man, I love this topic. Hmm. I love this topic. I didn't really love it when you first proposed it, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you're doing good at it. But I now I get it. Hmm. I get it. Sorry I doubted you, Prepo. Yeah. Hey, any any examples or stories coming up for you about how you've seen yourself regress in situations as an adult and you've transformed that or shifted that? Yeah, you know, for me... I lose my train of thought very easily in certain situations. Yeah. And sometimes it happens with my brother, although not not recently. Like my relationship with my brother has shifted a lot to where I'm starting to feel respected by him as an equal and so so this isn't happening as much recently, but my brother's six years older than me, and um, I, reg- I for so often I would look up to him as the all-knowing older brother. And literally, when we would have conversations, like my brain would just not function as it would if I were hanging out with just you know one of my peers that I saw that that I kind of saw as an as an equal. And, it, and I would feel anxious inside and I would try to hide that anxiety and, and I just wouldn't, wouldn't be able to think straight. And it, it's actually happened also, like when I used to work for other people, bosses and, you know, people that were, that, that had a, a position of power over me, you know, during conversations and hanging out with them or, you know, doing work with them, my brain just, just wouldn't recall as much. I wouldn't have as deep insights as I would if it was, you know, peer to peer. And, you know, I think, I think that's, that's probably the number one way that I can think of that it affects me. That's a great example because if people really want, if they don't know that they regress, go bring yourself at home, be around family and see yourself. That's the best way to see what your aggression behavior is, right? I mean, when we're around family, that's where that's where it is. That's oh, the regression. Forget right? about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Have your parents come over, interact with your brothers and sisters more. You'll see the aspect of regression. That oh, comes up. right after dinner, I'm on the couch. The hand is halfway down my pants, yeah. and you know, me and my brother and my dad <laughs> are just like sitting there. And you know, I grew up in a first generation Italian American household, and. I regress to the youngest, to the youngest child. And let your mommy take care of you, take care of all oh, that shit, all yeah. the food and everything like that. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to shift out of that. I'm really trying to shift out of that because when that happens for me, I'm just, I'm just not in my, in, in the power that I want to be in. Yeah, I'm just not. So I, I've, so the way I deal with it is, um, is I, is I try to take walks and I'll try to break out of those patterns when I'm with my parents. I'll try to do different things. I'll you know, try to get out of their house when I go to when I go to visit them. You know, hey mom, dad, let's take a walk. You know, you know we have dogs now, so we'll bring our dogs with us. So that's a great excuse. And 
and you know just getting out of the fishbowl of the house and like having that environment i mean i almost feel like i'm weighed down by it i mean it's such an obvious regression hmm. especially if is that the house that you grew up in not really hmm. no but it's just a couple blocks away from the house that i grew up in mm -hmm. what kind of behaviors do you still are you still working with around regression with your with your folks it's a very intimate question yeah i can see it in your brain right now he's like what should I say on the podcast? And what am I, what am I going to tell you after the podcast when I buy you dinner, people? Just by me even contemplating that, my brain starts to get a yeah. little scrambled. There you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's my answer. Mm -hmm. Scramble brain. Uh -huh. Yeah. I think for me, kind of like watching when I, when I feel like I'm being told what to do, you know, or like somebody trying to fix what's going on for me. Like I regress back in there. I, I get defensive or sometimes I shut down. I do that with my wife sometimes when I can, when I feel that I'm not being really listened to or heard. There's like a, I can feel myself start to, to start to shut down as I did as a kid. Like, ah, oh, I'm not going to be heard, you know? So I might as well not even speak up. And then when I can catch that through mindfulness and so forth, yeah. which I do a lot, then I can say, no, 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 I'm not going to, do that behavior, that regressive, immature behavior. I'm going to speak to what I need, what I want. Ask my wife to, instead of telling me, you know, giving me some advice here, or fix it, you know, and to, hey, I just really want to be heard. Can you just hear me and validate where I'm coming from? As a kid, I didn't say that at all. You know, I would just kind of be like shut down and leave. Mm. And now I think some of the patterns, if I don't get that, let's say, you know, when I go back home, I'm, I'm not expecting it anymore. So I think like that's the grown adult self of me. I was like, I'm not going to expect to be heard in that way. And so I'm not going to go ahead and even divulge myself or be that vulnerable in certain ways. And not, not as spite, but just like, I know how to take care of myself in that way. I'll divulge ah. and be vulnerable with people that I know can hear me. Mm. And if certain people can't, I'm not going to expect them to, so I won't have resentment. Nice. Lower the expectation yeah. and you won't be disappointed. Mm -hmm. Nice. Oh, you know, another thing that happens for me with family of origin is uh, my body responds in a very visceral way. So I get tension. So like, yeah. My, Where? Where do you get tension? I get tension in my belly, in my belly the most. And mm -hmm. I think I've disclosed on the podcast before, like I have an anxiety disorder. Like I have, I have a clinically diagnosed anxiety disorder. And when I think back to when I was a kid, I had a lot of anxiety as a kid. I had a lot of anxiety as a teenager and as an adult. And that's really why I got into the healing arts. That's why I got into meditation. That's why I got into lots of the things that I do is as a way to figure out how not to suffer through anxiety. And I wake up every single morning with anxiety. I still do. And I don't suffer from it anymore just because I've figured out what I need to do in order to not suffer through anxiety. So when I go home in family of origin, I, I feel the anxiety in my body. I feel the tension. I feel it in my belly and I feel it lots of places in my body, mainly in my belly. And, you know, once again, the meditation and the mindfulness practice is really amazing to be able to almost spread that out, spread the tension out, spread the anxiety out. And I try to just not have my thoughts 
not believe my thoughts mm. and just kind of just let the thoughts come and go and then just breathe through the sensations that I feel have a connection with the ground beneath me and um, you know, not to sound too new agey, but just to kind of let it go into the earth, you know. That's what grounding is, right? You have to ground ourselves to resource. I love that you use that term a lot, resource ourselves. You know, when we are talking about our work or uh, consultations that we have as therapists, we always talk about helping our clients resource, to to have the agency to resource. And to know what that is is a, is a great gift to be able to come back to areas that I know, ah, I'm scrambled in this area, but if I do these things, feel this thing, I can bring back a sense of my self, a sense of my own inner power. And resourcing is a terminology for that. It's such an important thing for everybody to figure out how they can develop the resources for them to be able to stand in the face of some uncomfortable sensations or uncomfortable thoughts. I mean, you know what I've been doing? I think that you, you started doing it, but because my son Xander being home and he's a biohacker and I just love the teachings that he's giving me, but is, you know, the hot cold therapy. I took my first real cold bath, you know, for five minutes, just filled that bathtub up all with cold water and just sat in there. And what I've been realizing is when I do the cold therapy, and of course it's uncomfortable, it's and 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 Xander's really helping with with the mindset of like not going in there with it's going to be uncomfortable like but having association okay this is really good for me I'm going to be able to move through this I'm looking forward to this and and when I do that I get through that uncomfortableness and that stress and now I have a physical somatic sensation that I can move through stress therefore Throughout the day, things that are more stressful, I already started my day with moving through stress by taking right. a cold shower. And so just even like pushing a somatic stress that's healthy for my body enables me to take on more emotional stress in a different way than I have before. That is such a quick way to change your physiology and to, and to change your emotional makeup and I wonder if you use the breath at all. Absolutely. I don't do, you know, uh, a certain method like the Wim Hof, you know, breath method. But as you introduced me to the biohack of taping my mouth shut and breathing yeah. through my nose, when I am taking really good deep breaths and working through that, like when I was in the bathtub and Xander told me, he said, hey, dad, one thing, like, don't move around in there. When you move around, you'll get colder. So I just stayed still and I just started taking these very deep breaths, very deep abdominal, mm. long exhales. And I actually started heating. I've, I actually felt really comfortable and calm working through the breath in that calming way of being resourced and being present and actually wanting to be where I was and not thinking when is, when is it going to end, I need to get out of it. But stay, just like I do in an uncomfortable situation emotionally, is like breathe to stay there, not have to f run, not have to flee, not have to freeze, but breathe through an uncomfortable conversation or uncomfortable sensation that's coming up with somebody's emotional affect that they're having because I said something to them. Yeah, it's such a powerful way to shift physiology really fast. 
is using cold water. Absolutely. Is that called, what's it called, esophagy? I can't remember the, the name for that, that process in the body. Oh. I don't know. Are you doing that? Are you doing some of the cold therapy? I just did it this morning. Yeah, I actually stopped doing it for a while. My new flow in the mornings now, I wake up a little bit earlier than I normally would, and I fill the bathtub with warm water, and I just sit, sit in the bathtub. And I've been doing this since, since COVID hit, actually, because when I'm in the bath, I feel pressure on my chest, so it helps me to stay connected to my breath that much more, and I'm taking deeper breaths, and that's where I do my meditation practice. And, you know, I'll just do that until I feel like not taking morning baths. So, you know, anywhere from like from like 30 minutes to an hour every morning, I'm, I'm in the bathtub and, you know, I do my meditation practice and then, and then I just kind of sit there. Sometimes I grab my phone and I'll just start my work day in the bathtub also, which feels pretty luxurious. <laughs> but this morning, and I forget the reason why I did it, but I got out, I think I was just feeling a little, a little, still feeling a little over anxious and yeah, and I got out and I took a cold shower and for probably about a minute and it just completely shifted my physiology. Didn't didn't feel a moment of anxiety when I got back in the bathtub and then I spent, you know, another 10 or 15 minutes in the bathtub. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the key for me is getting up earlier now that the kids are going to school now. You know, I've got to show up for the family in the morning, so now I've got to wake up a little bit a little bit earlier so I can get that bath in. You have kids, you have, you know, teenagers, um, young teen, tween, do they call it tween? Tween, yeah, and, 11 and 15. Yeah. So how do you see some regression showing up in in teenagers and, and, and kids? Um, my son now is 24 years old. I mean, I can harken back to, to some of those things, but you're you're more in the day-to-day aspect. How, what would you tell parents of how to work or look out for aspect of how stress affects regression in their kids? Yeah, I would, I would encourage parents of teenagers and any, any kids to really try to stay as present as possible to kids and, and look beneath the behavior. So, um, you know, if a kid, if a kid is exhibiting some kind of behavior that's rubbing you the wrong way in, in some way, shape or form, like there's some kind of underlying need that's not, that's not getting met by, by that kid. And they don't really know how to ask for it in a way that we can really take it, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I, I would say really, really notice your reaction. And before you react with the kid, sit with your reaction, breathe into your reaction and just try to regulate your own nervous system first before you step to your kid. You know, this way, this way when you approach your kid, you're doing so from a grounded and centered and balanced place and understand that as a parent, we are the master regulators. So however our nervous system is, that's how their nervous system is gonna be. And the biggest gift that I feel like I give to my kids and my wife as well, the biggest gift is a regulated nervous system because that just goes above and beyond any other kind of skill or teaching that we can give them because it's at a visceral level. It's, it's, at, a, it's at a level that gets hardwired into their, into their lives 
going forward. So if I understand how to stay regulated and calm under pressure, then that's gonna be positive modeling for my kids. And that modeling is actually, it's beneath the conscious level and it's, it, it doesn't even have to involve words. It's more of an energetic thing. I, I, I totally agree with that. A few years ago, I remember I asked Sandra something effective. When you think about growing up, what are you most appreciative about how you grew up? And he said, Dad, tell you the truth, like, you know, I really appreciate that you and Mom created this, like, really low-stress environment for me. And, you know, when I thought about it, where we live, you know, we live an hour from town. There wasn't a lot of stress about coming and going. You know, it wasn't like, you know, four or five activities that were always in the car. That was a level of stress. But I think you also met, like, just in the house. Sure, I had my moments, and my wife had our moments. But I think he was talking about overall, we were much more conscious of the energetics of the house. And that's the gift that we could have, that we could give him a, a slower pace, a more conscious attention that we gave him and, and gave ourselves. So I think like when he said that, it really warmed my heart of like, ah, you noticed that because that was a lot of fucking work, buddy, you know, to be able to work on myself enough to be able to consciously be aware of that's what I wanted to give him because, you know, there were times I grew up, I didn't have that, you know, in my house, that regulated level of, of stress. And so I wanted to really give that to him and, and that he noticed and he's a very, very calm and grounded and resourced uh, young adult now and I just, yeah, it's really grateful that uh, he noticed that. And here's another thing, support. So if anyone's out there and your family system is one that has a lot of stress in it for whatever reason, maybe you're a single parent or maybe maybe there's there's just a lot of stresses coming in from all from all sides, understand that that kind of stress needs to be met with support. So the more support you have for your family system, the more you can kind of cancel out that higher level of stress. And what does support look like? Whatever support you need, talking to a professional, or maybe it's doing some more exercise, or maybe it's um, you know learning learning something by listening to this podcast, you know, this podcast is a support, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Maybe it's, you know, calling uh, some community, some supportive yeah, community, friends. friends, you know, just figure it out. Just figure out how you need to meet the stress with the support. So like sometimes with my clients, like, you know, they might say, all right, how often, how often should we meet? Right. And really that changes and that shifts and it, it, it's based on, the amount of stress in somebody's life. So if some, if one of my clients is going through a really stressful time, I might recommend, hey, let's figure out how we can get you some some extra support to meet the stress and balance that out. It might be an extra session here or there, or it just might be some recommendations for, you know, meditation or or an exercise routine or you know some other recommendation of of, of getting support. Yeah, especially now because the ways that we are accustomed to have gotten support that may not be available with uh, you know all the challenges around where we are in our world around you know COVID and so, so forth and so I think we have to be very creative in the way that that we get our support. One way that I get my support is also through nature. 
you know, just being out on a balcony and just breathing it in, looking at the freaking clouds, just, you know, how often do we just do that? You know, instead of being on the phone and looking at the freaking news, look up at the clouds. I know that sounds so silly, but boy, does that take some aspect off of me that I feel a sense of myself and feel connected to more of this overall viewpoint of of the world and clouds come and go they drift they change shape and that to me is a metaphor of things are going to shift and they're going to change and if i allow myself to just observe then i'm more observant also in my life and being around you know walking in the forest and all the good stuff that's coming out from the trees and everything so to me that's that's been a wonderful support and and making the decision to talk and be around the people that are supportive not to be around people in my voluntary time for me that is not really fueling me. And I think that that's really important that you make that decision to not just give in to shoulds or obligations or even people in your life that you truly believe are not supportive. You know, I love that expression. Do I like myself here? Do I like myself here? Right now I'm sitting, we're sitting in my office I like myself here in this environment. I love my office. Do I like myself here in our relationship, me and you, bro? I like myself here. I like how I show up. There are times where if I ask that, I might say, I really don't like the way that I'm showing up or feeling about myself in this relationship or in this physical space. And I think that's an important question for us to honestly answer. And you deserve it. Every last minute of it. Mm. Yeah, man, we're not we're not on this planet for very long. Mm-hmm. Might, might as well like ourselves in the situation that we're putting ourselves in. Yeah, love that. Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks for sharing that. And your, yeah, and your cloud meditation and realizations from watching the clouds. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get to I listen to this meditation by Brother David. You know, and mm-hmm. you know, Brother David. I, I think I told you a story about Brother David lived at Esalen when I was living at Esalen. Brother David Steindel. Um, Rest. Yes. Uh, he's a Benedictine monk. And he has this audio meditation uh, called just gratefulness. And it's a beautiful, like, three minute meditation in his voice. And he YouTube just. YouTube it. Yeah. And, and he just talks about, you know, look up, look at the clouds. We really look at the clouds. And just his voice is so soothing. But I have a personal connection with him because. Every time in the morning when I would wake up and where I lived, I would go to the meditation hall, meditate, and then I would walk through the garden at like six o'clock in the morning, and he would be walking through the garden. And I would say four out of the seven days, we would meet in the garden and just smile at each other and just bow, and we never really talked. And I had some conversations with him here and there, but that was our routine. And lo and behold, 15 years later, uh, when I went back to Esalen for a workshop, he ended up being there as a visitor or guest. And we met in the garden. We looked and he looked at me and he's like, ah, there you are. And we just bowed. It was such a precious moment for me. Like he remembered me after 15 years. It's beautiful. So when I hear Brother David's voice and this gratefulness meditation, looking at the clouds, I look at the freaking clouds. Oh, yeah. that is a beautiful story. I had no clue. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Me and Brother David, man, we're like this. <laughs> Absolutely. Non-verbally like Non-verbally. that. Non-verbally, yeah. Even better. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's a, you know, it, it, you know, the people that you're listening to, that you surround yourself with, the music that you listen to, the clothes that you wear, you know, let it be supportive, you know, let it be you, that you feel good being around it. Beautiful. Yeah, brother. All right. Well, thanks for uh, another nice little journey on rapping. I miss you. I miss hanging with you, and we're not doing it as often now, but I love our little correspondences and little humorous texts that go back and forth and keeping up with your life and your family, and I just really, really treasure our, our friendship and so, so grateful that you're in my life. and. Yeah, baby. Ah, love it, man. I look forward to many, 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 many years to come in podcast episodes. That's right. I'm going to hold you to it. Let's do it. All right. All right, baby. Thank you. All right. Relationships. Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. 